Hardy's two for five dollar breakfast bake goodness into your morning. Choose a biscuit with sausage and egg, biscuit and gravy, or French toast dips. Any two, just five dollars. Hardy's goodness in the making. These items only. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Drivers, start your engines. What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast. I am Dan Malin. I am joined by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. We are recording this podcast shortly after the NASCAR Cup Series heat races wrapped up at Bristol for the dirt action this weekend. It is about 20 minutes until lineup lock for the Truck Series race, but we know the starting order. We did not get practice on Friday. Matt... How you doing? How was Richmond last week? And uh, how excited are you for Bristol Dirt for the third year in a row? Uh, I'm pretty good. I felt like I had a really good read on on Richmond um, for all the content. Um, it did suck, though. Byron going down late really killed. <laughs> really killed us. Um, that That definitely sucked, Byron spinning. In overtime was unfortunate, um, or late in the race, I should say. Um, I'm looking forward to Bristol Dirt, actually. I would have liked to have seen practice a little bit more. I think we would have seen some crisper uh, heat races if we got in practice, because some of the guys were noticeably loose. Some of them got loose as it went. Some of them were noticeably tight in the heat race. Um, but... I don't know. I don't share Kyle Larson's um, disdain, I should say, for the Bristol dirt race. I think it's, oh, look, I think it's a nice change of pace. We don't need two concrete Bristol races a year. Well, I think that we can probably just pivot right into contest selection because I think where you and I might disagree is that, you know, before we started, we started recording the podcast, you said that cash is viable this week. Uh, I still don't feel good enough. Uh, at that point to actually play cash games. Um, I'm, I'm curious what your approach would be for that, or if, you know, if this is still going to be a week that we recommend to scale back how much you play. Cause I'm only doing five lineups in the Chrome horn. I'm calling it a day. Um, but I am interested to see like, you know, why you think cash is viable and how you should approach it this week. So I think it's viable because there's not one chalk lineup. Right, the last few weeks we have said there's one chalk lineup. You know, stay a little bit away from cash because that chalk lineup, if you don't have it uh, and it hits, it's going to be basically impossible to cash. Um, money line is going to be pretty high on on those builds. This week, I don't think that there is a chalky cash build. I think there's a bunch of ways you could build for cash. Does it mean it's safe? No, I'm not saying it's safe. All I'm saying is that it's viable because you may sneak into the money line even with chaos erupting because there's not a, like, you know, one or two specific builds that everybody on the planet knew was coming, right? Because we had that the last few weeks, right? Two weeks ago, how many times did we see the same build for Coda? Like, a bunch. And then at Richmond, it felt like there was maybe three 
lineups that you needed to have to have a shot. And that pretty well played out, given how the, the flow of the race went. Um, if I'm building for cash, look, have we seen a bunch of laps led at this race per race? We've seen them led in chunks, but we've never seen one guy go out and straight up dominate. And that includes the first year when it went to single file restarts halfway through the race because the dust was so bad. Um you know, if we sort by average lap sled, if I run the last two dirt races, um, you know, Bristol dirt races, Truex has 63 average lead, so he led a chunk of the first one. But again, that one's a little interesting to me. Um, you know, Reddick led, I think, 59 last year. He almost won. 60-something last year. He almost won. He had terrible strategy at the end of the race. And got eaten up and then wrecked out and got credit for, like, not a very good... Yeah. Uh, or Briscoe, rather, got wrecked. Um, so I think we see chunks of laps led. It's 250 laps, by the way. This is not a 500-lap Bristol race. It's 250 laps for the cup race. Um, <clears throat> scheduled laps doesn't mean it's going to overtime. So I think you could build in a few different ways. I think you could build from, you know, guys starting... a you know, a few guys starting up front and then build for chaos with guys moving up through the field because we saw the passing was possible in the heat races. The yeah. Guys were moving up all over the place in the heat races. Um, and for GPPs, I'd focus on one dude leading a bunch of laps and then finish position. So is that for GPPs, are you firmly committed to the one dominator approach or are you going to, would you be tempted to do two now? Because a lot of my truck series lineups, and I haven't gotten my cup series built yet, but like my truck series lineups are built with, you know, two guys that I assume will dominate. But historically, what we've seen in two races, and this kind of goes for the cup and the truck series, like it's mostly been just one really good dominator. And I can't even say like a secondary dominator, but it was almost like they just skipped secondary dominator, went straight to tertiary dominator. And so you could be right with the one dominator build, but. It's it's so hard for me to wrap my head around another dirt race for cup and trucks where we see just one solid dominator. And you know what? I'm probably wrong, and that could end up being the case. So last year, if we go back to last year, which I feel like is a better comp, I know it's terrible to race off and just go off of one, but last year was next-gen car, mm-hmm. right? We have that. And they never went to single file restarts, which basically locked Logano in because there was never going to be passing on a single. Yeah, file see, that's the reason race. like I don't really like looking at the 2021 race too much because like they were making right. up just, rules as the race was going, and then they did the single file restarts, right. which is stupid. Truex led a whole crap ton of laps in that first one, and then lost position on a pit again because you know it's Truex and his pit crew sucks. <laughs> Yet again at Richmond too, when they didn't tell him about he had terrible tires on his car. Um, that was some fun audio <laughs> to, to listen to. But so last year's race, next-gen car, they also stayed double-file restarts. The track was in far better condition. Um, why not? We had, out of the 250 laps that they ran, Reddick led 99, Suarez led 64, Briscoe led 59, Larson led 27, and Kyle Busch led one. So, you know, and Reddick started third, finished second, led 99 laps. Suarez started 21st, finished 12th, and led 64. Briscoe started fourth, finished 22nd because of bad 
pit strategy on like the last restart and wrecked out um, and led uh, a chunk. And then Larson started fifth, finished fourth, and led a chunk of laps. So, and by the way, the only lap that Kyle Busch won or led was his last lap because he won the race. And didn't he give some like obnoxious? And I'm a huge Kyle Busch fan, but even I cringed a little bit when yes, in his post race interview. He, he said backing he into the, the backing into wins comment about Bowman like two weeks before, and then he got handed one because Briscoe and Reddick wrecked out <laughs> right in front of him. And he called himself the King of Bristol, <laughs> something like and that. And he was only he only won because Reddick couldn't stop spinning fast enough. Like. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was that. So, um, but we saw a lot of passing in last year's race. If we go based on finish order, um, we had Bush one started eleventh, Logano finished third, started tenth, Blaney finished fifth, started twenty fifth. McDowell was good. He moved up several spots. So like you can move, you can move up here. It's possible. Um, but in terms of like. Dominator points, I'm fine going with a one dominator build and then getting a guy who's like a secondary dominator because I'm not sure that we're going to see. Like, even if you love Larson, right? Everybody is in love with Larson, his dirt history, dirt background. Hell, he won a dirt race like three days ago (laughs) that he put on, showed up without practice, and won it. But if you watch the heat race, that car was not good through 15 laps. Priest was able to run him down and nearly won it from him at the very end. He was bumper to bumper with Larson. So I'm not sure these cars are going to hold on as much as long as people think they will. I don't think tires are going to be a problem. I just think they're going to loosen and the track is going to change. And so I'm not sure that we're going to see one guy just go set sail like we tend to see at Bristol or other short tracks. It's interesting that you say that. So if we look at, you know, the front few rows, you, know, you get Kyle Larson, and I believe it's uh, Austin Dillon on the front row. And then surprisingly, J.J. Yes. Yaley at 4,900 starting P3. And then Christopher that Bell. That's going to be popular as hell because he can fall back like two <clears throat> spots and still hit value. He can. Uh, he's basically Caden Honeycutt for the Truck Series race uh, that will be running shortly. But basically. Christopher Bell starts uh, fourth on the second row. Extensive dirt racing background from him. Behind him will be Tyler Reddick. Is it – very likely, based on what you just assessed on Kyle Larson, that we see Bell and or Reddick get to the front relatively quickly? I would think so. Um, I mean, Bell, if you're talking best dirt racers in the field, Bell has to be in that group. Like, he's beaten Larson head-to-head on dirt several times. Um, Reddick led a massive chunk of laps here last year. He's looked good in the two combined races. I know we don't really want to pay that much attention to the first one, but he did finish seventh on the first one after starting 27th. So even with single-file restarts, the guy managed to move up 20 spots in the first one. So now, one thing to keep in mind, Reddick is in a different car this year, right? Reddick is not in the eight car, although Kyle Busch did not look all that comfy in the eight car on that dirt surface. That car was loose as all get-out. Um. So that's that's something to pay a little bit attention to um, as we're building. I think the guys can. I think we're going to see a bunch of people move up. I do. I am still concerned with your normal short track concern, though. Like the really, guys is people getting lapped? lapped. 
I am a little concerned with that still. Well, don't you think NASCAR, like, I mean, I, that thought hasn't crossed my mind too much for this race, only because I feel like if a car spins, um, just because of the surface, the lack of practice, it wouldn't surprise me if, if NASCAR is very quick to pulling the trigger for cautions. Um, you know, I just imagine, like, it's so hard for me to imagine, like, incredibly long green flag runs on a dirt race. I imagine there's going to be chaos when there's 35 cars on a bull ring dirt track. Like, I could see a caution maybe every 15, 20 laps. I would, I would agree, but, you know, the 26 guys finished on the lead lap here last year in last year's race. Yeah. Cody Ware started 35th and finished 26th. By the way, he's not racing this week. He's taking care of a personal personal matter, so Matt Crafton is in that car, which is <clears> kind <throat> of sneaky interesting to me, um, given Crafton is pretty good dirt racer. He's in the truck race. He is. Um, My concern is that he just has no experience with the next-gen car. I mean, there's that, but as long like, as I could see it being in, a situation where they just don't want him to wreck it. Well, okay, but you could say the same thing with Cody, where last year he still finished 26th. If he just avoids issues, then maybe he winds up picking up some spots. Not recommending Crafton as a lock play. I'm just saying it's more interesting <clears throat> to me than Cody Ware. Um, so Cody Ware finished 26th last year. He was the last driver in the lead lap. Noah Gragson started 28th, finished 27th. Right? He was two laps down. Bubba Wallace finished five laps down. Stenhouse, Mr. Dirt uh, from Mississippi, he finished 10 laps down. So, like, there are – there, we can build a little bit for chaos, and some guys can get stuck. Like, Denny Hamlin had an awful race last year here. He started 34th, finished 35th, got as he high as 15. <laughs> right. So, like <clears> – <throat> Don't just assume that because it's a big-name guy starting in the pack that you get built-in PD. Anybody yeah. can screw up this this race. But I am a little concerned about, especially if they can keep it clean, and guys like Larson and Bell and Reddick and, you know, folks that have shown that they can lead laps in dirt and keep it clean, you could... You could see, not to the degree we normally see at Bristol where there's like 16 dudes on the lead lap by the end of the race. But there is a little concern that just because they're starting in the back and you're building for chaos doesn't mean that they're going to move up like Daytona or Talladega. You, so basically the concern is that they could be the chaos. <laughs> I mean, it happened. Again, <laughs> right? Chastain last year started 33rd, finished 33rd. Now, in fairness... He did move up to sixth at one point mid-race <laughs> and then finished 33rd. <laughs> but he only had like 77 laps in the top 15. So that's a, that's a race chart I want to see the flow of for <laughs> Chastain last year. So, uh, you know, anything we – I don't think we're going to see overheating issues. Those I think have pretty well been taken care of. Don't have to worry about tire wear. I don't suppose we're going to see cars go flat. Um, do so we have to worry about, about overheating? No, not, not not particularly. They seem to sort that out pretty well last year. Okay, because I mean, I'm just being honest because I didn't see the Cup heat races as soon as the trucks were over. I put on the UFC card, but I know in the truck race they were pretty concerned about overheating just from mud getting stuck on the grill. Yeah, they didn't like let's. 
I know Blaney was out front for most of, well, all of his heat race. That car looked clean. He never complained about anything getting kicked up. Even guys like Logano, who started uh, seventh and finished fourth and was in the fray, his car looked clean. So I don't know if it's because it had been packed from the trucks um, or that they've sorted things out. But I don't recall that many overheating issues okay. last year with the next-gen car. So, not that good. Uh, so, I know we don't normally preview too many drivers, and I'm not sure if there's anything else that you really want to touch on, but, like, the playbook will be out late Saturday night. Obviously, most of us will digest it Sunday morning and start building lineups. Who are some of the guys that you're looking at, whether it's it's a dominator, potentially, or maybe it's just a PD guy, or just a good GPP play that maybe is starting inside the top 20 that people overlook simply because – you know, we look at the starting order. Kevin Harvick starting P26, Suarez, P34, Busher, P28, Denny Hamlin, P30, Kozlowski, P33. Like, who are some guys – like, those guys are going to – are just jumping off the page because they have PD, and we know the equipment's good and they can finish well. But who are some guys that, like, most people could be overlooking? Yeah, um, probably Byron starting 10th. <clears throat> like, Byron's gotten better – as a road racer, his He's luck has always been up. He, he is running the truck race, so that should give him time. But, like, he started 8th and 19th in the last two, and he's finished 6th and 18th. So, like, he's at least hung out about where he started, right? Um, he's starting in 10th. He's getting truck race time. Um, now, one other note about the track. They profiled the track this year to start where the cup race ended last year because they felt like the racing was very good at the end of the cup race last year with multiple lanes coming in. So they profiled it more to start where that one ended. So that could be why we saw some more passing in the heat races and whatnot. It's also just a better built track, to be honest. Um so that's one guy. I was going to say Blaney starting ninth, but he led every lap of his heat race, so I think people are kind of on to him a little bit. But... I got one for you. Go for it. 6,400, Michael McDowell. I uh, like Michael McDowell. Started 17th last year, finished ninth, and then the year before he started 16th and finished 12th. Now, he's starting 13th. Do you want to know how much year. I like Michael McDowell this week? Go ahead. Before practice happened, before practice happened, and then was you know it was obviously rained out. But Friday morning, I wrote a betting piece for Pixwise, which should be up now. I had a prop in there. Now I'm betting you, you can't get this line anymore. But Michael McDowell on DK was going off for a top five finish at plus a thousand, and I took it. Was that ten to one? Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, he finished twelfth in the first year, ninth last year, flashed to top six. It you know towards the end of the race, he's sneaky good at challenging tracks. <laughs> I was genuinely worried about the loss of Blake Harris to Hendrick Motorsports, but that really hasn't hurt him too much. I mean, he finished 28th at Daytona, but that's Daytona. But, like, over his last four races, he was 6th last week. He was 12th at Coda, uh, 13th at Phoenix, you know, 21st at Atlanta, but Atlanta's a hybrid super speed right now. But, like, the, the results are still there, and he's qualifying pretty well too. So small team, and they lost – a very brilliant crew chief, but that team, that car, and McDowell in general are just doing the best to get the absolute most out of it. And again, I just once again see this as a week where no, where people will overlook him because, you know, at 6,600, you have 
<clears throat> you have Davenport at P21. Right beneath him, you have A.J. Allmendinger at 6,300. I can't speak Which, to Which, by the way, I don't want any parts of Allmendinger this I week. don't either. Um, I would take Haley, though. I think Haley's a better road or better dirt racer than he gets credit for. But, yeah, like McDowell just jumps off the page as, like, a guy that's starting P13, good value play. And, like, I, as someone who's only playing tournaments, five lineups in tournaments, I would be willing to play McDowell in probably two of them. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see why not. Um, Priest it starting eighth at 7,000 is intriguing to me. I think Austin Dillon could be a sneaky dominator. I mean, he's starting second, so I don't know how much sneaky you want to put in there, but, like, he has one of the best r- dirt racers on the planet on his pit box this week, helping the team out. And I think he's taking cues. I'd say if I was making 20 lineups, I'd probably be able to buy into that and maybe mix him into one or two lineups. But the problem is, is, like, he's he's starting next to Kyle Larson. He's starting in front of Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick. Um, I just see this as a scenario where he can easily get past, and, and I could be wrong, sure. Um, but I, I don't. I, as someone who's only doing uh, two lineups, and with with Dylan finishing uh, outside the top twenty in both the dirt races so far, I don't know if I love it. But if I was doing twenty plus lineups, yeah, I would probably mix him in just to get some exposure and to differentiate a bit. I mean. That's fair. He did have a handful of fastest laps last year to minimize the pain a little bit. Um, But I I don't know. I just think you can go a bunch of different ways with this build. Uh, Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I know we don't want to dive into too many specific drivers. Um, Just touch on a few because obviously we have the full playbook coming out now that we know the starting order. Yeah. Um, no, I mean we'll we'll touch on a few. I have to figure out how I'm pairing this. How I'm pairing this playbook down because there's a bunch of dudes that have some interesting values, and then there's some <clears> other dudes who like I feel like I might have to talk myself into to to play. But just because a guy is starting in the 30s doesn't mean we're locking him in, right? Like Denny Hamlin starting 30th. There's PD upside there, sure, but, like, he's also not had the best of luck here. Like, sure, he finished third in the first one. He started second. And then they went to single file restarts. So he held his spot out to not get passed is basically what happened uh, there. I would pay attention to the guys who are running the truck race in the Cup Series. On Saturday night, there's five of them, right? Like, Byron's one, Matt Crafton technically counts as one, Magana's running it. Davenport. Um, Yeah, Davenport is running it. I'm trying to think of who the other one is. Truex running the? No. Trying to remember who the other... Oh, look at the that. other one is because there's look five. Man, they said. Two minutes into the truck race, and we already have a wreck involving four trucks. 
there's good. a little bit of a mess. All right. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, final thoughts? No, I was hoping that uh, DK Sportsbook would have their odds up. Ooh, hey, we got some odds. They just they just popped them for winner and top fives and top threes. So Reddick is now the co-favorite with Larson at nine to two. All right. See Bell at thirteen to two. Then you got Bush at ten to one. Logano. Briscoe twelve to one, Byron Blaney fifteen to one. I would take a shot on Blaney at fifteen to one to be honest. Um, oh, any longer shot guys? Like Davenport at sixty to one seemed a little more intriguing. Like McDowell is still ten to one, by the way, for a top five. I'm still taking it. <laughs> Wait, what were the odds? McDowell was still one? ten to one for a top five. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. I'm still taking it. He's starting thirteenth. Still take a shot. Um, Magano's still plus money, by the way, for a top five. As is Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney's still plus two hundred for a top five. You want to take a guess as to what his average finish is over the last two? Of these races, who are you talking about? Ryan Blaney. Uh, I could try and cheat and look up driver averages, but just tell me. Uh, six and a half. He finished eighth in the first one and fifth last year, and you're getting plus two hundred for <clears> top five. I'd say that's pretty good. Logano's plus money for a top for top five. He's finished first and third. <laughs> like what? What are we doing? Nine, nine to five is what plus one eighty for top five for Logano. It was the best average finish in two races here so far. I don't know. That's interesting to me. I don't see any other props up right now, but they're still just putting them up. I don't. I think that will be able to be more on the betting market next week. Just because I'm playing so light for this race anyway, like I, I'm not excited about betting it or even the DFS aspect of it. So I don't mean to be hush hush, but I think I'll be useful, more useful in the betting aspect next week. Yeah, I'm very curious. Priest four to one for a top five is intriguing. It's pretty intriguing. Um, nope, I don't have really anything else. I mean, I don't really want to dig dig more into the drivers because we save that for the playbook. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> do have a very interesting build started, though. All right. Well, we will hint at it in the NASCAR DFS Discord. But, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this weekend, Bristol Dirt Race at night. And best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation. Hardy's two for five dollar breakfast baked goodness into your morning. Choose a biscuit with sausage and egg, biscuit and gravy, or French toast dips. Any two, just five dollars. Hardy's goodness in the making. These items only. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included.